What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Dogs Football Podcast here on this Friday, a day before homecoming and before one of the biggest games we can remember. We say this maybe once a year, but this one is ever so special for tons of reasons. As I said, homecoming, but obviously with the number one team coming to Saluki Stadium. I'm Nick Malone, joined by Noah Lurch. And Noah, it's I mean, I don't think that's wrong at all. It's one of the biggest games we can remember it's one of the biggest home games people are talking about, and it's clear as day. No, we know what team is coming in here. That will be the main parts of this podcast that we'll talk about near the end, the dominant number one team that is. But we have a lot of other stuff to talk about, including it. So we added someone new to the 2024 class. That's what we'll kick off with, but there's a lot of other typical stuff. What's going on? Yeah, obviously it's uh, going to be a good, ga- good game tomorrow, hopefully. Uh, exciting. I uh, drove – on my way back from my new route, I uh, drove by the stadium. They're getting stuff set up for tailgating, and um, hopefully, obviously, it's homecoming, so there's going to be a good crowd, and it looks like a lot of recruits are going to be on campus, so it's a big one, even though win or lose in the end. We've seen the week after big games like this, commits or commits or recruits, hey, it doesn't matter if you if win or lose. If you show them a good time and show them what the Saluki football can do, they may commit the next week. So it's going to be a good one. Homecoming's always great for for this area, and I just can't wait for tomorrow. Yeah, they're inducting the 1983 team into the Hall of Fame. We talked earlier. It's like how the heck did it take so long for that team to get in? Whether they it's not like they were eyeing in the 40th year. They should have done it after at least the 20th year a long, long time ago. But, yeah, that will happen. There will be a flyover. Apparently their um, former 2004 homecoming king, um, Lieutenant Colonel Sean Flash Gordon of the 964th Airborne, will do a flyover. So it will be a special day. Expect an awesome crowd. We'll get to that near the end for this giant game. No, I already said we – we're adding to the 2024 class. You talked about a lot of recruits that will be there. We'll talk about those as well. There's a lot of people that will be there tomorrow, yes. And I'm not sure if this one in particular will. We might have on the Twitter just because I'm talking out loud here. But, no, we added another one, like I said, to this class. This deep class is talented class, and it's a position group that um, obviously is important. We know what that room even has now. And clearly this guy, along with some others, they will not play for a couple of years. But just uh, – to iron out the depth of this position, Noah, who is that new addition? Yeah, we talked about him um, last week. He or a couple weeks ago, he released the top three of us, Missouri State and Army, and he got a late offer two days ago from Eastern Illinois. But um, Parker Getter is that guy. I mean, this is a guy. Get to add him in the room. He had to from Glenwood High School um, up in Iowa. He's He's a just a big body guy and had a pr- pretty cool edit for his commitment. Uh, just to start where his team is right now, go ahead and start that six and two on the year, three and one in conference. Um, coming off a big win last week, or yeah, last week forty two to six. Um, got a home game tonight for senior night against a five and three Norwalk. Excited to add this guy, big bodied guy. Yeah, he. We, we tweeted even when, when we got him was we kind of had a feeling this was coming. He We haven't really noticed him retweeting any other program. It was like he was always retweeting our stuff or retweeting stuff with the main account. It's all SIU. This was kind of 
on the horizon. Glad we stole him from a conference rival, Missouri State. And we know what Army can do in general. That would have been a, a cool place to go even. But we did land him. We, list, we wished him luck earlier uh, for hit, for that game you were talking about. And, uh, again, he adds to an offensive lineman with Jack Lindsay with Quentin Boak. Uh, with some talent, two stars, three stars. These guys are winners. These guys are massive, and these guys are going to learn a lot from an offensive line that has eligibility. We'll get to a guy that won't play this year that will be a part of it next year. You can learn from guys like that in the program. It's it's going to be it's going to be good for all these guys. So Parker, shout out to you, congratulations for and welcome to the program. Uh, and Dan Clark getting in getting in the trenches of Iowa and getting guys for the trenches. So uh, an awesome ad. Uh, he added, he tagged him and Coach Hill in this, yeah, from Glenwood High School. We'll keep up with him, you know, in the coming weeks. Add that to the 2024 class of what they got going on. Noah, segueing to those other commits, what do they have going on recently? We know the playoffs are really close. Yeah, just staying in that offensive line room, obviously. Um, big, important piece of this team. It's uh, uh, been up and down season a little bit for um, – our offensive line, we know, obviously, Noah Finsky and Mandiola, the Cincinnati transfer, um, not eligible, but um, we're still back at it. Um, our guys, obviously, starting where we do and over in Evansville. Um, our guy, Quentin Boak, in Evansville Wrights is still undefeated, 9-0 and on the year, um, a 14-10 win over Evansville modern day. Um Looks like up next, they start the opening round of the playoffs tonight against a 5-4 and four Boonville team. So already playoffs season for Quinton and his guys over in Evansville. So it's it's 9-0 and oh and continuing, see if they can continue it and go for a state championship ring in the end. Um, I don't know where they end up playing their state championship game, whether that's Potentially in in Indianapolis, where the Colts play at Lucas Oil, or it's a at a university like Bloomington, up in Bloomington, at University of Indiana. Not sure, but uh, good luck to Quentin. Playoff times are here, so he's locked in. Then I'll go over uh, Parker's team one more time. Six and two on the year. Uh, senior night for him against Norwalk, five and three. Then our other offensive line commit down in Owensboro, Kentucky. And that's our guy, Jack Lindsay. Um, really good year for him so far. He's been DMing us a little bit. They're five and three, four and zero in district play, on the road at Madisonville North Hopkins tonight. Um, trying to get to that six and three mark. Madison Madisonville North six and two on the year. So, um, last road game for him right now before senior night next week. So, um, that's our guys in the O line room. Um, jump to our two guys that I think are we can label as athletes. We talked about this one pretty much a lot, especially um, not seeing a lot, but Blaine Sissons up at Mount Carmel does play quarterback for them, coming off a 48-21 win against Marshall last week. Uh, Blaine had 19 carries for 224 yards and five total touchdowns. He only threw the ball three times for 47 yards so that's why i think he'll come in here we discussed last week he tagged tight end coach uh thinking potential maybe a uh i don't know i mean running the ball like that i think a hunter loopkey for north dakota state if he's got that kind of athleticism tight end fullback type guy bring him in here so um 
Mount Carmel seven, got the seven and one last week. Home game against seven and one Lawrenceville tonight for senior night. So a big night for Blaine and his team. Then I think our other athlete, Lucas McDaniels, don't know if he'll play tight end, DN, coming off a tough loss last week. We mentioned uh, to DeSales 21 18, but this week back on the road against a one and seven Valley team. So coming off their first loss of the year, Jefferson Town looks to get back on track. Um, then looking on that, staying looking at offense, our, our quarterback commits, uh, our, our guy, uh, Jake Curry over at Edwardsville coming off their first loss of the year. Also, uh, they lost to a really good East St. Louis team last week, 27 to 15. Um, first, first loss of the season and first game that I don't think Jake's team posted their stats or yes, I do. I got him now. He was seven of 21 for 99 yards. That just shows you the defense of East St. Louis, um, struggled a little bit. Um, and he, he had 19 carries for 30 yards. So 27 to 15 struggled, uh, gets a really good, probably favorite in that seven, a for East St. Louis. So Jake struggled a little bit, but on the road at decent a really good team out of the St. Louis area, um, being neutral site game, probably for them. So look, look for the bounce back game before the IHSA playoffs start next week for Jake and his team. Um, I think, Sunday night or Saturday night are the release show. So um, then our guy E.T. Harris, who I think is one of them that will be in town this week, um, looking at what his team, him and his team down there in Louisville at Kentucky Country Day, eight and one on the year. Um, big season for him so far. Coming off their first loss of the season as well, 32-25 to Christian Academy down in there in Louisville. Uh, they're on the road tonight against a 9-0 Campbellsville team, so it doesn't – a really big game for them tonight, see if they can bounce back off their first loss. But um, our quarterbacks are looking pretty good. Then on that defensive side of the ball, down in, up in Bativa, uh, Ben Feigl and his team coming off a 28-14 win over Wheaton, Warrenville South. Ben had a really good game, got to play four quarters, talked about last week, did not play all four quarters, and he got back to the double-digit – tackles last week 10 total tackles had a tackle for loss and two qb hurries in this one so big game for ben again always in those double digit tackles they're at home for senior night as well against an 0 and 8 glenbar north team so expecting a big win probably not play a full game um on senior night for ben maybe for senior night he can get on that offensive side of the ball for playoff start next week um, then over there in Missouri for our final commit and Tyrese Reed um, coming off a 21 to 20 win over Northwest last week to get back in their winning ways, three and four in the year for Webster Groves. Uh, also senior night this week for them. Going to be a tough one though. Eight and no segment comes into town. Um, probably going to drop this one, but senior night for Tyrese and some of our guys. So um Senior night's always special, so it's going to be a big one. Hopefully they can pull off the upset before they get to their last game next week. Yeah, you always want to finish strong. We've talked about how some guys have been facing rivals, like they're either conference, division, regional rivals. So all that stuff ramping up to the very end, <clears throat> leading into these playoffs and hoping that some can can you know bring it home. You just said there that 
you know, tough eight, no teams, you know, you would like to go win that. And Tyrese can do all he can to a certain point, but that's what we said about Dana Mitchell too, you know, if he's even getting thrown at, if they're even doing anything as to why they were losing, you know, he can only do so much uh, that even as a team, you would think that they could end on the right note leading up to the playoffs to where they could do all that. Yes. So, you know, getting very, very, very close here and um, you know, good for all those guys and the fact that some of them will get games done or even leading up to the playoffs will have time to come tomorrow, which is what you kind of alluded to there. You mentioned E.T. Harris will be there. Lucas McDaniels will be there. It would be nice to put up a good fight for a guy like that who's been on the fence, even though he quoted Parker Getter's post that goes Saluki's on it. So we know he's bought in. We never want to say, you know, not so, but just because he's still posting about Marshall doing all that stuff. So, um, we know his brother's a stud too. One of Lucas's pictures he posted, him and his brother, just huge. And his brother's obviously like we're 2025. So, um, no, who else will be showing up tomorrow? I think Jack Lindsay will. So, those are three commits that we know will be there and three really important ones a three star lineman and then the quarterback we like and the do it all, as you said, either DE or tight end, what he's going to be. Those are our top guys. We like to make them proud. But no, who else commits or just recruits that are going to show up? either show up and then, you know, you can dive into everything else again there about even some more offers we've had, everything that's happened in the, you know, so far this week. Yeah. Not sure if he'll be there tomorrow or not, but Vashon Miner got a invite um, for any of the home games. It looks like um, he's a running back out of Kenosha, Wisconsin, 5'10", 180, um, really explosive back. So, um, haven't added a, a running back to this class yet. Maybe that's potential. Obviously, we got some older guys that have some eligibility in that room, but um, it'd be really cool to add somebody. Looks like we're expanding our range up into that Wisconsin area for him. Um, then, and and Devontae Bussey, a 6'4 and a half, 220 pound DN tight end um, out of Columbia, Missouri area. Um, he will be there this weekend. So um, JP rock tweeted about this one also saying it's a big time visit for him. Um, Really, really. This is a guy that I think would love to add to this class. Another guy up from Wisconsin, Milton, Wisconsin, six, five, 190 pound receiver, Ethan Mitchell. He also got invitations to any of the home games. Maybe hopefully he'll be there. I mean, six, five, uh, that's, that's incredible. So far on the year, he has uh, 664 all-purpose yards, but he has 51 catches for 611 yards. He's averaging 67 yards per game, 12 yards per catch. That's uh, four receiving touchdowns. Watch a little bit of his tape. Um, that's a really, really good. I mean, if Nick Baker's gone, add another guy. We haven't, like I said, haven't added running back, haven't added wide receiver yet. So. Going to be adding someone. Then an athlete that's going to be there is uh, Noah Nyberg from McCracken County down there in Kentucky, 6'1", plays DB, plays wide receiver. Um, watched a little bit of his tape. That would be um, interesting to add as well. So he'll be there. So a lot of guys that keep getting invited um, when they'll show up. Hopefully, obviously, we always – try to get over there and see which recruits we can see there on the field or in the sands prior to the game time. Um, sometimes we get to talk to talk to them and stuff. So a lot of guys that going to be there, hope there are going to be a lot more than 
we'll be retweeting because um, they'll be posting thanks for the invite. It was a great game, something like that. Uh, either later that day or on Sunday, and we'll definitely retweet them and talk about them on Monday. Yeah, and Devontae, some of these guys are just so big. We talked about the you know Missouri State game. There's some that just stick out, and and Devontae is is that big old frame that it'll be, will be hard to miss. Uh, even guys like you're right. Yeah, Vashawn Minor will come up to some of those games. We're not sure. Jaden Parker is a guy that we've been offering. He'll be at Indiana State tomorrow. He said he'll be at the November 4th game. We know that's a big one. South Dakota is in town. Uh, but even, you know, some other of these that, you know, stick out in general. I did like the Nyberg one. Yeah, that came out yesterday that we saw and retweeted recently. Um, so just, you know, tons of guys will be there. Again, talent that we have already, but talent we're like we're liking to persuade. And we know even – Noah, because this makes me think of Dante's little brother – uh, that will, you know, and his dad's could have been every, every road game we've seen him, every home game, that his brother will be making decisions at some point. He's always wearing SIU stuff. Maybe he'll show up again. Seems like they always show up to those home games. So, yeah, a lot of names we'll be seeing that we'll be uh, scoping out for sure, depending upon what time we're even able to get there to see all that stuff. And then clearly, yeah, on Twitter, like you said, after the fact, we'll definitely see them for sure. So a lot of people on campus tomorrow – uh, quickly here, NFL Salukis. It's we again. We we use the word unfortunate because this one is of the utmost. And we've been talking how maybe Jeremy Chin is on the on the trade block. They're not using him correctly. I mentioned how he didn't have any snap or didn't have any stats in this past week's game, even though they showed him beforehand getting ready for the game. He must have got hurt then. But I mean, Adam Schefter is tweeting about you. That's a big deal. They know how good you are. Uh, on the 18th, what was that, just a couple days ago, said Jeremy has a quad, a significant quad injury that is expected to sideline him up to six weeks. And then Adam continues to go on to say he does not need surgery, though, and it, he's, of course, in the last year of his contract, which is why we said, okay, if the Panthers are going to trade him, he's an expiring contract, somebody will take the gamble and get him. But, of course, no one's going to be able to now because it'll be way past the trade deadline. So Jeremy's going to be injured unless he comes back in the last four or five games and plays and makes up for it. He's still the name that he is, so he'll still get what he wants in free agency, hopefully. But because he's dealt with injuries the last couple, it might hurt him. So that sucks for him. But So the Panthers are going to miss him and the ability to trade him. Uh, we got a divisional matchup of Salukis, Ryan Neal and Michael Pruder facing off. I want to say it's in Tampa Bay. So we'll definitely scope out, though. Maybe they can make a play on one another. That'd be really cool. Uh, and then Craig James, because we know he's back on the Jets 53-man, doing great things. Him and the Jets host the Dolphins in a big Sunday night football game. So maybe we'll be able to see Craig make, make some plays on Sunday night on NBC. That'll be really cool as well. You know, quickly with some NBC news before we get on some games. Did see, and it was confirmed, because I think we were talking, maybe when we were discussing Demo in our matchup, uh, but it appears that Geno has has officially been all. He is now the all time leading rusher in the Ohio Ohio Valley Conference. Uh, and let's see, touchdowns for sure. Okay, that's all time rushing touchdowns. Sorry, that's fifty nine. He passed a guy from the eighties that went to Eastern Kentucky. So, of course, an incredible career Geno has had, and I'm sure rushing yards he's up there as well. No, we retweeted something just a couple of days ago about Sam Herter listing something on the red shirt rule with the four games because I'm not on it at the moment and what it fully uh, has unless unless you have it to where we can mention it another time. But I just had it on here to talk about what that rule can end up switching to at some point. But nonetheless, no, let's talk about some of the other big games that are happening this week 
Um, you know, as always, you know, there is a game of the week in the in the wider FCS for sure. And what are uh, some other games around the Valley that will give us a decent indication after this week of what the standings look like for this home stretch? Yeah, just uh, real quick about that red shirt rule. Um, would the four games would not count towards the FCS playoffs or the um, or the F, or the celebration bowl for the SWAC and those guys. So um, if that's absolutely comes true, that'd be big time. Or actually happened this early. It was unanimous earlier this month. So not counting towards those four games. That's big time for guys that can make an impact and keep an extra year of eligibility. Um, then looking around the country for some big games. Obviously, we can start in the Valley and look around the Valley real quick. South Dakota on the road in Indiana State. I mean, you would expect that to be a blowout, but it seems like any team that has went into Terre Haute this year, it, they've struggled a little bit. So um, expecting expecting something maybe crazy to happen in Indiana State to get their first win. Illinois State travels to Youngstown. We know what it's like to go there, so – That'll be a tough one for the Redbirds. Murray State on the road at Missouri State. Um, both teams two and four. Um, should be an interesting one. Don't know if Jacob Clark's back yet for the Bears. Western Illinois has to go to the Fargo Dome, so good luck there. Um, their last trip to the Fargo Dome before they head to the OVC. Then besides our game, the biggest matchup of the week, North Dakota goes on the road at UNI. See if Theo Day and them can knock off the – the Fighting Hawks um, in that one. Not sure they can. Then they'll look around. Um, in the OVC, SEMO's on the road at Tennessee Tech to keep their OVC hopes alive. Uh, UT Martin's at home against Charleston Southern. To look around the the big sky out there, Weber State's on the road at Eastern Washington. Montana State on the road at Sacramento State. That's really probably the big one. Um, besides our game, around the country. So some good games this week. There could be some I missed off the top of my head, but um, besides our, Oh, firm. I think Furman at Western Carolina is the other big one. So our game, that one and the Montana state game, three big games across the country. Yeah, that one for sure is notable Furman and Western Carolina. That, that one is, I think the game of the week, but there are some other good ones. Could be some upsets in the Valley with some of those. Yeah. I mean, Murray, Missouri state, I'm not going to say they're even just because he like Missouri state has more talent and they're at home, but uh, I would say game to watch, but nobody should really want to watch any of these games. Illinois state's defense against Youngstown's offense. Youngstown posted what their helmets are going to be in tomorrow's game. They're, they're really cool, but North Dakota and you and I will be a big game. As well, ours is clearly the biggest amongst those. We'll get to our game here shortly, Noah. Just um, head on here because it is past the sixth game mark. We do after every three games have stuff on our stats. I guess we'll wait just a little longer on those potentially through this. Noah, let's dive into news that happened a couple of days ago. You already pretty much said it earlier. Uh, Noah Finsky, who made a Twitter post a couple of days ago in a long post saying how uh, he was informed that his appeal has been denied thus officially ending his hopes of playing regular season and the potential of the postseason. Um, you know, of course, he mentions he wants to thank everybody at SIU for all this um, constant support through the process. He And he was talking about how he was leaving, you know, multiple schools for, you know, for mental health reasons. And he says there's been loads of proof of it. And 
I mean, Noah, for, you know, whoever has, and whoever has their own specific personal reasons, whether that's Tez for family, whether that's Noah for himself, again, the NCAA not doing this is ridiculous. And we found out recently it's way different in terms of personal stuff, what we're now facing potentially in basketball for a player, but this for, for these football guys, now that we're in the mo in the, you know, the big time of the seasons that, it stinks that no one you mentioned earlier, like Marcelo, we haven't heard anything of. We've seen him around clearly still. And we talked about James Caesar, who's working out for the XFL. He knows he knew for a while he wasn't playing. But no, again, it's not, you know, again, for the for the seriousness of personal reasons as to why Noah's not allowed to play is really criminal. But then say it as we talk about this every time, but since it's official, I think it's worth mentioning again, clearly. And we told him we have his back and stuff, but no, that's the biggest thing is them not taking into account those personal reasons for Noah having those mental health issues at those two schools and not letting them play. But again, we also mentioned earlier that that's the reason, you know, we'll get to have them next year for this stuff. And, you know, and how different our team would be, it'd be awesome to have them on this team. But Noah doesn't clearly now that's it, not the case. We've been fine without them. But your final thoughts pretty much on this whole roundup, Noah, of what the NCAA has done to some of these football players. It's ridiculous. Yeah, it definitely it's it's ridiculous and it's it's just what the NCAA does. It doesn't matter. It's it's where it's not it's where you're playing for, it's who you're playing for. I mean, um if he would have transferred from Colorado to an, another another school that would matter, it he would probably been eligible right away. It doesn't matter. It just sucks or it, it's starting to leak into we see it with basketball now, um, with Jared Hensley. So it it's just going to continue, and you're going to have to be wary, I guess, who you take in the portal nowadays, unless you're good with them sitting a year. So, um, just sucks for him, for Noah. It sucks for, I mean, James thought he had a good chance to come back and play. Uh, Mendiola, just two guys you could use. Obviously, Mark Davis has stepped up defensively, but offensive line has been a problem sometimes protecting Nick. It's not on all on them, but having two of those guys transferring from the the power five level would have helped a lot. Yeah, and again, it's because we won't have Nick next year, it'll be a new quarterback and new everything for this team, but it'll it'll help so much adding those two guys to the line. It it could be a line that obviously could improve even for next year. It'll be interesting. But we feel for you, Noah, and it sucks that you couldn't play this year. Of course, NCA does what they do in a negative light and then quickly know there's been some, there's been some nice stories going on about some of these players. Caleb Wagner had a story, a greater than the game that came out three days ago. Some, uh, you know, inspirational, you know, account that had his, just his story, him and coach Hill talked on that. We retweeted. That's awesome. Big inspiration. Caleb Wagner is, as we know for what he's doing right now, what he'll continue to do here at this university. And then, Barry Odom had a story on Abdu Torre and, you know, his fan moving from Senegal, a nice thing that we retweeted, just talking about the personal aspect of even some of these other players. There's a Q&A in there we retweeted. Everybody go check that out. Uh, quickly for the we mentioned, you know, nothing to really take from the presser for the most part, but depth chart-wise, Deontay is back on the depth chart. Jay Jones, Alan Middleton, and Zach Gibson are behind Deontay, Isaiah, and Vincent. And then Roe is, of course, off the depth chart, probably has been for a little bit. It's Justin and LaShawn on there. And everything else has remained the same as well. Um, I think that's all we had for the current team. I mentioned the stats. We'll get to at another point. Noah, let's, the biggest thing is talking about these jackrabbits of South Dakota State. Uh, 
We are having different helmets this week. They look like um, throwback kind of helmets, which they sneak peeked, and we saw those recently. Uh, so, yeah, let's let's dive into these number one ranked Jackrabbits. No, of course, they're as dominant as they honestly they've ever been, as we know. Been listening to a lot of stuff for this game, um, you know, and what they have to say about us or some things we'll get to at some point, um, you know, the season series in the last 10 years we've played, you know, they've, I think it said they became new to the Missouri Valley in like 2008 and we played each other a, de- a fair amount of times and they smoked us in the, in the all time series in the last 10 years, they're six and one against us. We know we won the previous matchup in that amazing game where we had the monstrous comeback back in 2021, one by one point in overtime led by Nick Baker uh, but no, this is just a different team. And even remembering what else we could have done to them that same season should have beat them in the playoffs. A lot of crap happened in that close game then. But last time they were at Suzuki Stadium, they smoked us. They have an amazing record here. I think they have the best road record at Suzuki Stadium, McAndrew Stadium, whichever or. No, what do, what do these Jackrabbits have to offer this year? Clearly a lot. I don't want to dive into a lot of stats, but uh, whatever you have to kick this thing off with, we'll clearly get to their personnel because they have the best personnel in the country. Yeah, this is a the defending national champions. Obviously, uh, Coach Stiegelmeyer retired, and they have a new head coach. And uh, Jimmy Rogers, who was the D.C. last year, he played his, his college football at South Dakota State, and he's uh, done a really good job so far, obviously. I mean, they lose Tucker Craft, who was a – second round draft pick, they lose some guys and they're, they're just back doing what they do. And coach Rogers has done a great job taking over. Um, this is just going to be the four. This is the 14th meeting all time. It started back in 2008, back at uh, McAndrew stadium. Well, we, we won that first game. So this is just a really good football team. That's all, always dominant, dominant on both lines of scrimmage. Obviously we know how great Pierre strong was, but Isaiah Davis has just really done the same thing. I mean, he's been all over the place. He has 600 yards rushing, seven touchdowns this year, averaging 99 yards a game. Then there's two guys behind him, the Johnson. I don't know if they're related, but Amar Johnson and Angel Johnson. They're really good as well. Then, obviously, Gronowski, um, we know, started as a true freshman and just got hurt in that that playoffs. But he's back off a – National championship and being even better. Obviously, we know those Yankee twins out wide, and I mentioned Tucker Kraft's gone, but Zach Hines doing just just as good as he as Kraft was for them. I mean, this is just a really they've won nine of the last eleven meetings, so they've been really dominant. Obviously, you mentioned that last series, so this is going to be a really tough matchup for the Slookie football team, but they're coming in at our house, so hopefully we can do something else. I mean. I think they're one of the two teams in the country and defensive uh, defensive scoring and offensive scoring. They're third in the country and offensive with 43 a game. They're second in the country uh, defensively only allowing 13 a game. So it's going to be tough. Yeah, and we, averaged, or we only allowed 19 a game. That's even with allowing 31 at Youngstown. So we've been consistent in that regard too. That's clearly – what this game is going to be is our defense tr- trying to keep us afloat for the offense to try to just get out of this funk. And granted, this is not the game you want to try to do it against. If you're you know, struggling at times and Murray, granted, you're on the road, but still you're playing the best team. You could be playing them 
it doesn't even matter. You're at home and you're playing the best team. So it doesn't really matter in that sense. Clearly they're on a 20-game winning streak. Uh, it's, I think, the tied for like the 10th longest in FCS history. They're on there a couple of times. North Dakota State's on there a lot. We recall when we killed North Dakota State at our place two, two springs ago, smoked them. They were on a 39-game winning streak. And people have been tying that into this matchup saying, oh, the last time – blah 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 did this at their place and we're ranked number one they lost and say like, well it's, it's just different you know that was COVID a lot of things happened in that game we had no honestly right kicking their ass like that it was honestly surprising but again they're carrying that long win streak in here just some some other crazies or in general we have as we know the nation's top uh, uh, run defense at 69 yards per game and South Dakota State led by Isaiah Davis just ranks fourth in the country 255.7 Isaiah Davis is a different animal. Mark Gronowski is a different animal. You mentioned the twins, and you mentioned even the tight ends they have to step up here. Now, Gronowski does not turn the ball over. I recall when we played him two years ago, we did turn him over. And then what, he missed the fall 2021 season, um, you know, for all that stuff. So he, he's just a veteran. He's great. His teammates are raving about him. Just a, a quick stat here before we, we round it out. They have they've made 23 trips into the red zone so far this season, and they've come away with points on each of them. They've scored a touchdown on 22 of those 23, 14 rushing, eight passing for a 96 percent with only the one field goal. So once they get in that red area, they do not miss. And that's honestly where we've been good on defense so far in this season is around the goal line and all that stuff. So, Noah. I mean, again, if we're thinking of what a spread could be in this game, FCS Reddit had it at minus 13 and a half. We're both thinking it's going to be around the two touchdown mark, and there's no shame in that. They're that good, no matter if we're home or not, even with the Deontay Cox in here, even with no Roe Elliott. No, if you were to predict your own spread, what the spread you think confirmed will be, and then give me your quick dogs of the game, and then we'll finish with score predictions. Yeah, I definitely think uh, around that 13 and a half, I think it could be a little lower, closer to 10. Um, just for being at home and we've seen some stuff. So, uh, being around that, I'd say I'd set one, I'll go with 11 and a half to see if I can be close enough. Right. But, um, dogs of the game off offensively, it's gotta be Nick Baker. I mean, this is, it has to be on his shoulders. Hopefully the line can hold up or he just doesn't hold the ball too long. If he can get it out or just scramble, we've, I don't know how many times you and I have to say that you don't see nothing right away, get it out of your hands or go. Uh, he's got the capability to do that. Uh, then defensively, um, I'm going to go with a linebacker again. I think Dune Smith's going to have another big game. We need it. We need those guys to step up. Then obviously special teams wise, uh, number one team coming to your house, Torney, you got to do something sometime this year. So how about, <laughs> how'd it be this week? Yeah, exactly. And, we're going to punt in this game, but I wonder how many times we're going to think we will, knowing that we have to score if they have to. So I don't know if we'll settle for those. Uh, I'm going to go with Deontay. If you're going with Nick, Deontay, just if he gets 40 to 50 yards, has an impact, clearly that means your dog of the game coming off, you know, three weeks off and being healthy again. I'll just go with someone different. It's definitely Nick, though, 100%. I'll go with the linebacker as well. I'll go Colin Bohannick. We can't do the three down linemen in this game. I, people were talking about how we do that. And, hey, we're playing the best running back in the FCS. Can't do it. He'll, he'll have 150 yards at, ha at halftime. So plug it up at least. And I'll go with Colombo Hannick to lead us in tackles and do all that. Yeah, I agree. I don't I don't know if I can pick a specialist, to be honest, because they're going to kick up, they're going to kick off a lot off touchdowns. They're not going to punt it away. So it's whoever wants to return it for us, give us better field position to help the cause a little bit. Uh, so, Noah, at the end of the day, again, we preseason, we both had us losing this game. 
no shame in it. You know, they could very well go undefeated the whole way to a championship. A lot of people predicted that from us. If I were to narrow down a score prediction, it's hard to even narrow down bold predictions. I'll go, I initially said, I think a, a 34 to 21 loss. Uh, again, do we want to win? Absolutely. We talked a go Southern go after the game would be historic and be amazing. We said we might shed tears. Uh, again, it's no shame in that. We're going to allow points. It's a matter if we can try to match them in points. I'll do a push with that with 13 minute or 13 uh, spread total. Noah, what do you think? Yeah, definitely think uh, this one could get ugly um, in my mind, but I think we can. I think this team has to show enough to, enough fight to keep this one halfway. Um, I think if I were to put a score to it, I'm going to say they cover, but 31 17. It's a good one. And by the way, Adam Buck, their All American linebacker, has been hurt most of the year. We might see him, we might not. People don't think they will. They don't really need him, though. He's been dominant. They've been dominant on defense. They have enough. They have more great linebackers too. So that's something to keep an eye out for. But again, like I said, they don't need them. It should be an amazing crowd. We'll of course be there right around kick. They'll give them a basketball posters. We'll get to see the commits and recruits. Should be an overall great game. A lot of good vibes going around that stadium. We'll see if we can get the job done. But we both predicted not. Hopefully, we're wrong. So we'll come to you guys on Monday to recap this. Hopefully, hard fought game. We'll see Noah uh, for Nick Malone. Noah Lurch. As always, see you Monday. Go dogs.